Welcome to the Grace Life Podcast, hosted by Grace Life Church in Alabama. We're glad you've taken a moment to listen today. If you'd like to get in contact with us, our Facebook page and our website are linked in the show notes. We believe as you listen to the Word of God today that you will be blessed and that your life will be changed. Let's join the service already in progress in the sanctuary with Pastor West. Good evening. How are y'all? Good, good, good. I don't know if they're having a call that after school party or just about to get out. And I know all the parents are always excited about that all during the summer. <laughs> well, you know. Uh, I learned early on as a kid, don't ever tell my mother I was bored. That was a bad mistake. Yeah. Yeah, with gardens and fields and all that. And she'd have you pick up the rocks, move them this side of the yard, and then move them back the other way. It's just, I was never bored. I learned that in a, in a hurry. Uh, if you have a Bible with you, why don't you go to the book of Mark? And I'll let y'all guess what chapter to see if y'all flowing. No, just kidding, Mark 16. Mark 16. You ever got stirred up on something that you already know about? But you just not really... Uh, well, I guess there's a million examples. Uh, it could be a hobby. It could be anything, something you know about, you used to do a lot, or you know, you could pick up, but you just... You know, you're not you're like some people play golf, which I don't. I, I tried it once, but it was so embarrassing. I just I hit the ball and it went behind me, <laughs> and I went like this to the car, and I've never been back since. <laughs> Worst hadn't bought all new clubs. I sold them for a fraction of the price. Never went back, and they looked. The guy with me said, "I've never seen anyone do that in my life." <laughs> you know. I've been okay if it went off to the side, but how do you swing at a golf ball that goes behind you? <laughs> so, uh, so I've never picked that back up again. But I'm just saying there's some things that we that we know and we could talk about, and uh, some things are uh, in church circles are real commonplace. Uh, even and we know that uh, they're powerful, but we really haven't given a whole lot of. Um, what would be the? Or you, if you go to the Book of Psalms, you'll see the. You read a Psalm, and at the end of it, it'll say "Selah," S-E-L-A-H, and that word just means pause and think about this. So sometimes we don't pause and think about this, and this is, uh, of course, considered. You know, a lot of people call it the Great Commission, but in Matthew 16, uh, this was Jesus as he was ascending back into heaven. And uh, he was given instructions. So you, uh, you, you would assume someone who's going to be gone for a little while. Now, I don't know what he thinks a long time is, cause, but he said, I'll be gone a little while. It's been 2,000 years. But anyway, he said, uh, this is his, his words to his disciples. And, of course, uh, I always thought it was kind of funny because he kind of got on He kind of got on him right before he left. In verse 14, he said, afterward, he appeared unto the leaven, and as they sat at meat, he abraded them for their unbelief. And hardness of heart because they believed not them which had seen him after he had risen. Uh, in other words, different people had spotted Jesus before some of his disciples did. And the ones who didn't believe was his disciples. So he kind of was, uh, <clears throat> he kind of cleaned their plow, so to speak, because they didn't believe. But here's their instructions. Verse 15, he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth is baptized and shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. They shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Uh, so we, that's considered, you know, by many called the Great Commission. 
it's not really called the great suggestion. It's really, it's a really a commandment that he tells us that we're to go and minister, preach the gospel. And then uh, kind of breaks it down. He says, uh, um, cast out devils or preach the gospel. Cast out devils. Speak with new tongues. Lay hands on the sick. If you, if you take up serpents, which... Uh, not on purpose, you understand. Sometimes we get asked that question. Haven't been asked in years. But we have been asked two, three, two, three times over the years, do y'all handle snakes? Um, I don't know really the difference between a, uh, uh, a good snake and a bad snake, a poisonous snake and an unpoisonous snake. I probably should know, and I know I could learn. Generally, when I see them, I just kill them all. And uh, so, uh, and I've seen two or three here on the property before. One time I came here and one was at the front door. And uh, we, for some reason, didn't have Wednesday service for some reason. And I came the next day and drove right up to the front on a Thursday morning. And there was a snake right there. And it was like it was trying to go up the glass. And I think, man, you just leave the church for one day, don't have service, and the, and the snakes try to take over. <laughs> so, so uh, anyway, you know, there, there was nothing here to, to kill with I could find, and I thought there's got to be something. So I went over on her side over there where she still has furniture, and I found a bed rail, which I looked pretty silly out there with a the bed rail. But, you know, and that thing came at me like with nobody's business. So by the time, you know, I destroyed this thing, uh, it, it was hiding from it because it would, it would follow the concrete and get under the lip of the sheet metal trying to get away from me, and I was in there trying to dig it out, you know. Now, now I'm committed to the cause, and I have to go through with this. And, because uh, my wife's in the car, and I'm like, no, oh, I'm good. So, <laughs> so I'm out there with this bed rail, you know, off a twin bed, and I'm, I'm really giving it what for. And so someone finally saw it, and they said, well, that's, uh, that's a good snake. You shouldn't have killed it, that, that, that's a good kind. I said, well, well he's not good anymore. <laughs> so, yeah, not good, oh, they said, that's the kind that eats, you know, rodents or rats and I said he, he won't <laughs> so I, I don't know the difference between a good or a bad I just don't like any of them uh, so no we don't we don't take up serpents and I, know, I guess there are churches like that, that does that and that's supposed to prove they have faith and if it ever comes down that I'm just quitting church I'm not ever doing that um, but here's the key to it and here's kind of what I'm if I can use the word here's kind of what I'm uh, stoked up about a little bit today can I do it that way? So I don't really have a sermon for it. I just want to kind of give us a little tune-up on this. and and Because uh, you already know a lot about this. And you, we couldn't cover it all tonight anyway. He said, these are the things that we are commissioned to do. But he said we do it in his name. In his name. Uh, I, I don't really think it matters the denomination or the beliefs most Christians would not differ on uh, praying in the name of Jesus, would they? Uh, if, if you want to find a difference, it comes down to where they, where they squabble over, how do you baptize folks? Some say, well, you baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Others say, well, you just baptize in the name of Jesus. My main objective is to get them wet. And, uh, and I baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Or if, it, if they want to, I'll baptize them in the name of Jesus. But, but uh, all authority was given, you know, in the Godhead, but through the name of Jesus. And so, um, <clears throat> but I don't sprinkle. I mean, if we're going to do it, we get all the way wet. So um, we get, they get baptismoed, you know, and uh, all the way. And uh, so he said, in, in his name, we'll cast out devils. But that name a lot of times is used... Uh, kind of superficially it's not used uh, uh, in other words it's almost used like a formula because we've been taught that when we pray we're to pray to the Father the scripture says but we pray to the Father but we do it in his name or in Jesus name and we can kind of just uh, do it formally like you would say Mr. and Mrs. or Miss or Master or I guess is the correct you know for someone who's a young guy who's not married but it's not because we formally use the name. It's not because we put it in at the right time. It's because we have faith in the name. And uh, a number of years ago, 
I was uh, ministering to a group of people, and it was kind of like a healing school. And they were coming on Tuesdays, and uh, and I was in another city, and uh, uh, I'd been teaching um, on the authority that we have in the name of Jesus. And uh, just, you know, when you do that and you're studying those things, you you think about them more. And so uh, I was walking through a, a mall, and I came through, I've told the story before, but you never heard it. I, I was coming through a mall, and I was going through a Sears store, and then I went through the, the tractor department to go out of the mall to my car. And some, uh, some lady was at the parts counter, and she was getting a price on something for her lawnmower. And the guy said, well, you know, we can get it for you, but it's going to be this much. And uh, I don't know what it was, but she said, Lord Jesus. So that's how she said it. And uh, in other words, she, I guess that means it's a little high, the price of the Lord Jesus. And uh, so she was kind of shocked by it. And when I, you know, I, I didn't think nothing about it. It was kind of funny, but I was walking to the car. I heard just, just as clearly as a bell. And that's the reason why a lot of times when people use my name, they get no results. See, the name of Jesus, there was other people named Jesus, but this name was reserved. And it's reserved in heaven. The scripture says it's above every name. That the name of Jesus, that every force, demonic or otherwise, has to recognize and come under this authority, whether in heaven or on earth or beneath the earth. That at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. The day will come that every demonic spirit including Lucifer himself, before the last of the last days and all the events take place that you see about in the book of Revelations, every spirit, every person, every demonic spirit will bow their knee to the name of Jesus. They may not want to, they may not like to, but they will bow and they will recognize Jesus as Master and Lord. And so what he was saying to me that day was, when you just casually use my name, or you use it because the tractor tires too much and you say, Lord Jesus, or you know, because something, or, or you make something, some funny thing out of and using his name. It's, it's really belittling uh, the, the, the majesty of his name. Can you see that? I'm not trying to be uh, legalistic, but there's times that, that you need to know that you have authority. Uh, I, I was thinking about this day, I was in two different hospitals. Uh, and one person uh, uh, is really having some issues, and uh, so I ministered to this lady, and uh, she didn't feel well at all. And and I was just thinking on the way there about the power that we have in the name of Jesus. Um, I want us just to look at a few scriptures, and, and I, I know you know these things, but I just want us to take just a moment, if we can, go to Acts, the book of Acts. Chapter uh, 3, of course. You know, the thing is, what's, what, what's in a name? You know, n- n- names have recognition or names associate. It means different things to different people. If, uh, if, if I use the name Henry Ford, what does that associate with? Cars or automobiles. If, uh, if, if you use the name Rockefeller, does that sound like someone who's in poverty? Or does that sound someone that would have to do with wealth or finances, right? Um, and so, you know, names mean things. And you have to understand what's in a name associated with a name. In other words, you have to know what, what backs that name up to know what's been invested into it. And uh, so here... In Acts chapter 3, verse 1, says Peter and John, verse 1, they went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour, and there was a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms or money of them that entered into the temple, who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked alms, uh, in other words, alms being money, so he's crippled from birth. He has no way to support himself. He legally had the right from the government, you might say, to be a beggar. And so he's asking for alms or money. Who's seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, ask 
alms. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him, when John said, he looked to this man, he said, look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. Now, of course, what's he expecting to receive, you suppose? Money or alms, right? I mean, that's, that's, so Peter and John said, hey, look at us. So he's looking, you know, put something in the cup there. Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, I give thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he leaped up, or leaped up, stood, and walked, and entered with them to the temple, walking and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. And they knew, of course, who this man was, it says, and knew he'd been there really all his life. And uh, so here, they're, they're going to the temple, and the man is crippled. Never walked. He's 40 years of age. And they see him there. He's there every day. And he's asking for money. He's asking for alms. And so he says, we, we, we don't have silver and gold with us. But we have something to give you. In the name of Jesus, in his name, and by the authority that's invested in his name. See, you remember when Jesus said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and earth? Therefore, in other words, the Great Commission, go, but go in my name. We, we really don't have authority. We, we have authority, but we have authority in his name. We, we, we don't have authority of ourselves, right? If it was just as Christians that we had authority, then he would never tell us to pray in his name. He would just say, pray in your name. But he told us to pray in his name because it's his authority. It's really like having a, a power of attorney. You're not that person, but you're the ambassador, you might say, for that person. You're the stand-in for that person. You're the agent that carries out business in his name. So it's really based on what's in that name, what's the ability in the name, what's the resources in the name, what is the limits of that name. And so he, they said, we don't have money with us, but we have something that we can give you. So I, mean, I, I was kind of kidding, say so the man was asking for alms, and he ended up with legs. He'll get it on the way home anyway. <laughs> so now he really needs some money, but he got more than money. Now I, I've had this through the years, and, and uh, this is kind of where we, you know the world is, I guess, for some people. I had a lady one time. She told me she said it's time for me to go from here. I can't go to church, and I appreciate her being honest with me because she said I can't stay in the church like this because if I stay here, I'm going to have to get healed. And I said, beg your pardon? She said, if I stay here, I'll have to get healed. And I said, that would be a bad thing. She said, I'd lose this check. And then I'd have to go to work. And that wouldn't be fun at all. I was like, so you'd want to stay that way? She said, well, it's not fun dealing with the symptoms. She said, but it's tolerable. And I got this check. And I said, you're right. It's time to go. But, you know, at least she was honest. You, you, you ever pass people, uh, like you go downtown Birmingham, Montgomery, somewhere, and they're holding signs that I'll, I'll work for food? You ever try to hire them? They won't. <laughs> Most of them won't. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, this will sound bad. And don't, don't, you know, I, I, I'd almost give money to a guy who says, uh, you know, would you buy me a beer because I just want one. Closer than you tell me. You, you know, just, at least he'd be honest. You know, I might even buy him one. I wouldn't, but I mean, I'd come closer to doing that than telling me, you know, I'll go work at the farm, whatever, I'm starving. Because, you know, every time they do that, I've always noticed, you know, he's got a pretty good gut on him. And he's drinking out of one of the big old Texaco cups, you know, that cost about $3 to fill up a convenience store. But he can't borrow out of his coat and he'll work for food. I just never understood that. He just don't look hungry to me. Y'all all right? And so, um, so we have authority. So uh, here he is, and now, now he's walking and praising God. Now watch here. The story goes on. In verse 11, it says, And the lame man which was healed by Peter and John and all the people ran together unto them into porch that is called Solomon's greatly wondering. And when Peter saw it, he answered unto the people, You men of Israel, why do you marvel at this? Or why do you look so earnestly on us that by our own authority or holiness that we have made this man to walk? The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, have glorified his son Jesus, whom you delivered up, denied him in the presence of Pilate, when he was determined to let him go. 
but you denied the Holy One and the Just One, and you desire to murder to be granted unto you. You have killed the Prince of Life, whom God has raised from the dead. He said, and we're witnesses of this. Verse 16, and it's his name, and it's through faith in his name that hath made this man strong. See, it's not just the name, because a lot of people say in the name of Jesus and nothing ever happens. Hmm. I mean, you, you might as well just say in the name of Buddha. Hmm. You might as well just say in the name of grits. Right? But there's two things here. It's his name and what? Faith in that name hath made this man strong. I, I know you know this, but when's the last time you thought about it? A whole lot. In other words, knowing what you know as word people, to exercise authority in the earth in any dimension, you need at least two things. You need his word on it, right? You need his promise on it, which is you need to know the will of God. And you would need authority to carry it out. True? I mean, just put it in a, uh, I, I use myself for example. Uh, I can marry someone because I'm licensed to marry. But there are certain things that, I mean, you, you might put into your ceremony whatever you want to put into your ceremony. And you should have that, you know, freedom to do that. There are certain things that I won't do a ceremony without saying because it's about covenant. And, uh, but I do know this. That unless me or someone says uh, the two shall become one and then pronounce you are a husband and you are a wife and I sign a piece of paper, you're not married. I, I forget who it was, don't matter who it was, but a couple of years ago, you know, the, and I understand how it happens. They're just busy all week long and they came to be married and forgot their license on a Friday night. And they said, we just, they said, but we have it at home. They said, could you just go ahead and marry us and we'll get it to you in a couple of days? I said, no. I no. I mean, I, I wanted to be able to accommodate them, but that's kind of like saying, uh, could you go to jail for me? <laughs> it's like, no, <laughs> no. And not only that, I, I have so many days to return that, you know, to mail it back in or I'm fined uh, for not having done it. So there's certain restrictions. So I, I want to follow the guidelines also. I said, no, there's... I said, if, if, unless you have that piece of paper, you have your marriage license, and unless I have it, there'll be no ceremony. And, uh, and sometimes it doesn't it work that way. I, I had a couple friends of mine that got years, married years ago, and then they was going to get married out in the park in Montgomery. I think it was somewhere in Montgomery, Prattville. And uh, they had a friend of the family uh, who was going to marry him, and he just forgot. He didn't come. And so the whole, they had the whole park decorated, and his, his minister friend forgot totally about it. And he went out of town and went to the beach for a few days. <laughs> so, and I forgot where I was at. I, and I said, I, I'm, I, I, if I could get there, I would, but I'm way too far away. He said, well, I thought you was close by. He says, e everybody's here. The cake is here. It's hot. It's melting. He said, everything's here but the minister. <clears throat> and uh, he said, could it even be done over the phone? I said, no. <laughs> so they had to pack up everything. This has nothing to do with anything, but they had, uh, had to pack up everything. <clears throat> and uh, they had to call a judge, and he felt sorry for him, and he'd come out there to the thing and, and married. And the cake was completely ruined and all that. I don't know if they're still friends with that minister or not, but anyway, I, just, I thought, wow, nope, I don't ever do nothing like that. So it's his name, but it's having faith in his name that made this man strong. He said, whom you see and know, that faith which is by him hath given him perfect soundness in the presence of you all. Now this was a big deal because everyone knew this man. This wasn't someone who was out of town who stopped by for a couple of days and we were wondering if this was a little trick deal. You know, this is one of the old tent things, miracles, it's, you know, it's just a scam. Everyone knew this guy. So in, in the fourth chapter... 
they're, they're not willing to let this thing go because, you know, Peter, Peter preaches this whole big sermon about, yeah, this is Jesus and the, you're the one who crucified him. And so he preaches this whole sermon. And in Acts chapter 4, after he gets to preaches, they say 5,000 people get saved because they saw this one miracle. I'm going to call that a pretty good service. I don't know. I just 5,000 people get saved. But the, not everyone's happy about it. Look at verse 7. And when they had set them in the midst, they asked, by what power or by what name have you done this? And, of course, now they're, uh, I, I didn't read it, but in the first chapter, they're, they're being questioned by the, the captain of the temple and the Sadducees and such as that. So they want to know by what power they're doing this. By what name have you done this? Verse 8 of chapter 4 said, Then Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, said unto them, You rulers of the people and the elders of Israel, if we're going to be examined of the good deed done to the impotent man by what means he's made whole, be it made known unto you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but God raised him from the dead, does this man stand here before you whole? W-H-O-L-E-R. He stands before you healed. In verse 12, it says, Peter said, there's, there's salvation, there is, neither is there salvation in any name, for there is no other name under heaven given among whereby men must be saved. I've always loved verse 13. And when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, they perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men. These are two of Jesus' disciples, right? Peter and John, but they weren't educated. They knew that they were ignorant, not, not knowing, you know, a lot of, they're not cultured. They're, uh, it's like a guy we used to know, he was, he's real country and his wife's real civilized. And he said, I'm, I married her. And he says, I'm, she's cultured and I'm agricultured. <laughs> and uh, so it says, when they saw them, they knew that they were ignorant men, but watch here, they marveled. And they took knowledge of Peter and John because they could tell they'd been with Jesus. I wonder if anyone can tell that we've been with him. Hmm? And beholding this man which was healed standing with them, they could say nothing against it. In other words, this miracle is as big as life. It's standing right there. And you can try to deny it all you want to, but they could say nothing. In other words, they just shut the devil's mouth up right there with that miracle. Thank God for the name of Jesus. So, um, so they got a situation on their hands because this thing's getting out of hand. And uh, I mean, you think about it. They're they're they're, they're dealing with a situation, and they've already seen this miracle. Peter stands up, preaches this sermon, and five thousand people get saved. That's Jimison, Jimison and Thorsby together in, in one event. Two cities come together and get saved who aren't saved. And not everybody's for this. And can you see the stir? And uh, so they're, they're looking to a way to get a whole, uh, control of it. And so they said, uh, verse 16, what are we going to do to these men? For indeed, there's been a notable miracle which has been done by them. Manifest to all of them that dwell in Jerusalem. And, and, we, and we can't deny it. I mean, there's, we, we can't deny it. There, there he is. He's standing up. Everybody knows this man. And they said, let, uh, but that it spread no further among the people, let us straightly, let's threaten them that they speak henceforth no man in this name. In other words, he didn't say they couldn't have meetings. He didn't say they couldn't have potluck dinner or have a Bible study. He didn't say they couldn't have a singing with dinner on the grounds, fighting fire ranch. He said, tell them they can no longer use this name. What is it about the name that bothers Satan? He knows the ability and the authority of the mighty name of Jesus. So they said, we're going to threaten them and tell them they can't speak in his name. So they called him, and, and then they're, and this is what they told him. So, so they called him and says, uh, they commanded them not to speak at all and don't even teach in the name of Jesus. Now, remember, Peter and John's ignorant, right? They answered and said to them, whether it be right in the sight of God to uh, to hearken unto you, more unto God, judge ye. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. So when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding nothing how they might punishment, uh, punish them because of the people. 
for all men were glorifying God for that which was being done. For this man who was healed, he was above 40 years old, of whom this miracle of healing was showed. And being let go, they went into their own company and reported all that the chief priests and elders said unto them. And when they heard that, they lifted up the voice of God with one accord and said, Lord, you are God, which hath made heaven and earth and the sea and all which is in me is by the mouth of the servant David has said, Why did the heathen rage and the people imagine vain things? The kings of the earth stood up and rulers against were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. For of a truth against thy holy child Jesus, whom thou hast uh, anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles, the people of Israel were gathered together, for to do whatsoever thy hand and thy counsel have determined to be done. 29. And now, Lord, behold their threatenings, and grant unto us, your servants, that with all boldness they may speak forth thy word, by stretching forth thy hands to heal, and that signs and wonders may be done by the name of church. Hmm? Signs and wonders may be done by the name of the holy child Jesus. And when they prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and they spoke the word of God with boldness. In other words, they were filled and spoke in other tongues and that's not, like, that's not even the service. That's just what happened. When's the last time you went to a church service and they prayed in the, and the grounds began to shake? Hmm? That's where I was got that song, you know, Jailhouse Rock and a whole lot of shaking going on. Uh, verse 32, And the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and of one soul, neither said they anything odd to the other things. Anyway, so now, this is their prayer. And their prayer is, Lord, you, you heard their threatens. They told us not to speak or teach in your name anymore. They threatened us, so they come back. They came to their own company, and they shared what had happened. They shared the threats, but they prayed, Lord, grant unto us boldness to speak. Even though they say they're going to do this, give us the boldness to speak. And we're going to ask you for signs and wonders and miracles and demonstrations by the name of the Holy Child Jesus. That's a prayer, right? Do you suppose God answers prayer? Acts chapter 5, here's the answer to their prayer. Acts 5.12 is the answer to Acts 4 prayer. By the hands of the apostles, verse 12, were many signs and wonders wrought among the people, and they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch, and the rest durst no more join himself to them, but the people magnified them, and the believers were the more added to the Lord multitudes both of men and women, insomuch that they brought forth the sick into the streets, laid them on beds and couches, that at least the shadow of Peter passing by might overshadow some of them. And there came also a multitude out of the cities round about unto Jerusalem, bringing sick folks, and them which were vexed with unclean spirits, and they were healed every one. Then the high priest rose up, and all they were with him, which is the sect of the Sadducees, and they were filled with indignation. They laid their hands on the apostles, and they put them in common prison. But the angel of the Lord by night, he opened the prison doors. In other words, he, he made their bail. Supernaturally, Can you see that? They put him in jail, but the angel says, "Not, I don't think so. He made their bail. He opened the prison doors. He brought them forth and said, Now go stand and speak in the temple to the people all the words of this life. And when they heard that, they entered into the temple early in the morning and taught. But the high priest came, and then they that were with him called the council together and all the sin of the children of Israel and sent to the prison to have them brought. I mean, this is a stir. From Acts 3 to now, the events that have been unfolding, you know, this guy gets healed. Everyone knows. They're crediting the name of Jesus. They'll say, who do you think you are? Uh, by your holiness, you did this. They said, it ain't us. It's not our holiness. It's the name of Jesus. You know, the one that you crucified, the one that you wouldn't go. You wanted a murder granted to you, and, and you know, and to let him go, and you crucified the Lord. But he's been raised up, and we're witnesses of this. And that's why this guy here, so they come up with this deal, said, we got to stop this, you know, before... You know, he gets into Clanton authority, and then he'll take clear. Then it'll be way over 5,000. Then him, who knows? He could get up to Hoover. Then, then what we're going to do? And so uh, they threatened them. They went back to their company. 
And they prayed and they said, we're being threatened. It doesn't sound good. They usually carry it out. They sound like they carried it out because they killed Jesus, right? And so give us boldness. And he did. And now they just got the sick laying out in the streets. And they can't all get to Peter and John. And when the apostles come by, just the shadow, if the shadow got to them, if the shadow of them got to them, they were healed. And evil spirits came out. If the shadow of them just came on. Hmm. So there's a stir here. So, uh, you know, so, so they put them in prison and then an angel gets them out. What's he going to do? So they're still mad, of course. And uh, verse uh, uh, 24 of uh, chapter 5 says, Now when the high priest and the captain of the temple and the chief priest heard these things, they doubted of them whereunto this would grow. Then came one and told them, saying, Behold, the men which you put in prison, they're standing in the temple. And they're teaching the people in the temple. We put them in prison, but they're in the temple. How'd that happen? They went into the captain with the officers, and they brought them without violence, for they feared the people, lest they should have been stoned. And when they had brought them forth, they set them before the council, and the high priest asked them, saying, Did we not straightly command you not to teach in that name? And behold, you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine, and you intend to bring this man's blood upon us. Peter, now you understand Peter's not the same Peter before Acts chapter 2. Now that he's filled with the Holy Ghost in the upper room, remember Peter before the crucifixion, he denied that he even knew Jesus out of fear for his own life, right? But now something's happened to Peter. Peter Peter's been filled with the Holy Ghost, and now Peter's all up in the grill. Is that still current? Can I still use that up in the grill? Y'all let me know if it changes, okay? And I need to be up with these times. Anyway, so he's, he's up on the grill, okay? You have to help me with these things, you know. There's, there's generational gaps, you know. They tell, me, they tell me to quit using it. It's off the chain, so I guess that's kind of gone. <laughs> anyway. So, verse 29, Peter and the other apostles Andrew said, we ought to obey God rather than you. I think that's still current. Don't you? I don't know if it's off the chain or what, but I think it's still, uh, I think it's still good counsel. The God of our fathers who raised up Jesus, whom you slew, and you hung him on a tree. Him hath God exalted with his right hand to be the prince and to be the savior. To give repentance to Israel, forgiveness of sins, and we are his witness of those things. And so also is the Holy Ghost, whom God hath given to them that obey him. When they heard that, they were cut to the heart, and they took counsel to slay him. Hmm. See, we don't, we don't really have in this country, if we do, you don't, hardly, you don't hear about it much, hardly ever. But there's places in the world, you, you preach this gospel? There's a, there's a price to be paid. I know um, we've shown a couple through the last year or two, a couple of David Hogan's. He's in, he's in Mexico, and he's out there with the cartel. And he has an organization of hundreds of ministers in his organization. He's had already well over 100 of his ministers killed. And so uh, David Hogan says, you know, going out of your house to go to the store to get some bread and milk, you, you need to know when you go out there that they're looking for you. Matter of fact, he, he's been shot and killed himself, David Hogan has, and his family raised him back to life. I mean, they just came in his house and knew who he was, and they shot him dead. And his, uh, his children, his wife, after they left him, didn't kill his family, killed David, and they raised him back up. And David went back out there and preached some more. It sounds just like Paul, doesn't it? You know, they, remember when Paul was stoned? Many people believed he was stoned to death. Uh, I'm thinking that kind of hurts. I don't know. I'm just thinking it kind of hurts. <laughs> and uh, it said Paul, when he came to, he said, we, we need to go back in there. And he said, I, I got a couple more things I got to deliver in there. I mean, you like, well, we might go back in a few weeks or something, let, let it cool off a little bit. Paul said, we've got to go back in there. Uh, the, they paid a price. 
So they, they won't use the name of Jesus like, oh, wow, did you hear how much that tractor tire is going? No, they, they weren't using the name that way. They understood the authority and the, and the majesty of, of the name of Jesus. And so, uh, um, so here they are. They, they threaten him, of course, once again. And uh, for sake of time, we'll go down to verse 39 of chapter 5. They said, but it be, uh, well, uh, so they're kind of, they're kind of talking amongst themselves. And so one of them says, look, maybe you ought to just leave them alone for a little while. They said, this has happened before. Verse 39, but if it be of God, you cannot overthrow it, lest happily you be found. Even you're, you, in other words, if this is a God, you're going to be fighting against God. This was the only one who had any sense on the other side. And to him they agreed, and when they called the apostles, they beat them, and they commanded that they should not speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. Notice they didn't say they couldn't get together, didn't say they couldn't have a Bible study, didn't say that they couldn't have a singing. They said, do not preach in this name. And they said, we told you this before, so this, so this time they went ahead and beat them. Hmm? Now watch here, verse 41. And when they departed from the council, they were... Rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. And they were daily in the temple and in every house, and they would not cease to teach and preach Jesus Christ. So they weren't uh, scared, right? Now, there's, there's several places we could look at, but I, I just want to um, look at one more here. I just have one here. And there's there's several of them. Um, well, I had it here a while ago. Uh, Acts chapter, is it nine? Where is it where they preached? Uh, maybe Acts 19, let me see. Yes, Acts 19. Verse 1, it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul having passed through the upper coast of Ephesus and finding certain disciples, he said to them, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they said unto him, we have not so much as even heard that there be a Holy Ghost. Let's just say the printed page hadn't got out very well. <laughs> so here are these people. Jesus has been gone for years. And they said, well, have you received the Holy Ghost yet? And they said, what's that? Is there a Holy Ghost? And if there is, what is it? Is it a person? I mean, they're, they're, they're absolutely clueless. Look what's happening and they have nothing to work with like we have to work with. See what I'm saying? And uh, they said, we, we, we haven't even heard there was a Holy Ghost. And he said to them, uh, verse 3, he said, what, what thing were you baptized? And they said, unto John's baptism. And Paul then said, Paul, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him which should come after him, that is on Christ Jesus. And when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. That's where some people say, well, this is how you baptize only. They'll take that one scripture. And, and uh, look at verse 6. And when Paul laid his hands, laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them, and they spoke with tongues, and they prophesied. And all them were about twelve. And he went into the synagogue and spoke boldly for the space of three months, disputing and persuading the things concerning the kingdom of God. But when divers were hardened and believed not, but spake evil of that way before the multitude, he departed from them and separated the disciples, disputing daily in the school of that place right there. Tyrannus, I suppose. And, uh, and this continued by the space of two years, so that all they which dwelt at Asia heard the word of the Lord Jesus, both the Jews and the Greeks. Now here we go. Verse 11, And God brought special miracles by the hands of Paul. So that from his body were brought unto the sick handkerchiefs and aprons, and, and diseases departed from them, and evil spirits went out of them. 
Then certain of the vagabond Jews, Exodus, took upon them to call over them which had evil spirits the name of the Lord Jesus, saying, We adjure you by Jesus whom Paul preaches. In other words, they, they've been watching Jesus. They've been watching other his disciples, you know, cast out devils in, in his name. They've been watching people get healed in the name of Jesus. They've been watching people receive the Holy Spirit with heaven speaking tongues in the name of Jesus. And I guess they thought this was pretty cool. So they don't know anything about it, you understand, because it's just like a name, like Mr. or Mrs., right? And uh, I mean, you could say in the name of Mr. Santa Claus. In other words, they just thought, it, you know, if I throw the name out there, maybe it'll do something. So here they said they took upon them to call over them these people who had an evil spirit. And then they told the man who had a demon in him that we adjure you by Jesus whom Paul has been preaching about we come, uh, to come out. In other words, we, we, was, we was in a meeting with Paul and we heard him use that name. So we adjure you by that name that Paul has been using every now and then. The name of Jesus. God, come out of him. Now here's the evil spirit speaking through this man whom he's taking possession of. And the evil spirit answered him. That's not really what you're looking for. They said, Jesus we know. Paul we know. Who you is? Who are you? Right? <laughs> we, we know who Paul is. And we know who Jesus are. Who are you? So hell knows who Jesus is. Hell knew who Paul is. But they're saying, but your name hasn't been mentioned there. Who are you? Now watch this. This is someone who's using the name who don't understand the name or the authority of the name. And the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them and he overcame them and prevailed against them so that, the, so that this man, who'd been to one Bible study, he fled out of the house naked and wounded. I bet he kept that to himself the next meeting. <laughs> what do you think? So they said, we know Paul. We know Jesus. We've had to deal with them all the time. But who are you? So once again, if we need to understand the authority that we have in Jesus' name. Now, we've got time to look at one more verse. I think Philippians, uh, got to, what, four chapters? We'll read all of them. No, excuse me. Uh, Philippians, uh, scared somebody out there. Philippians 2. I know we're reading a lot of scripture, but I'm reading y'all just sitting there. Praise the Lord. That's why they pay me so much. Philippians 2 9. Eight, seven, six, okay, five. If we go down to one, we have to blast off, so we'll stop at five. Philippians 2, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Is that possible? Let the mind of Christ be in you, the same mind that was in Christ? Hmm. That's a big statement, isn't it? Who being in the form of God... Jesus thought it not robbery to be equal with God. He said, now, let, now you think that way. Uh-oh. Let the same mind that Jesus had on this subject be in you. He thought it not robbery to be equal with God in this matter. Now, did I say you was God? No. Matter of fact, let me make that plain. There is a God, and you and I aren't him. <laughs> Let me just clear that up. <laughs> okay. But watch here. Verse 7. But he made himself of no reputation, and he took upon him, Jesus, the form of a servant. It was made in the likeness of men. Who being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself, and he became obedient to the death and to the death of the cross. So see, he humbled himself. He stripped himself of his deity of who he was in heaven, what he was in heaven, and became a humble servant. Because he did this, because he humbled himself low, God exalted him high. Because he was willing to, he was high, he was willing to go low and become obedient. Even to the death of the cross, God lifted him to higher position. If you want to go high, 
you first need to go low. If you want to start off high, then you say, I adjure you in the name of whoever they use over there in Jesus' name. And there's, there's going to be a conversation that's going to come out of it, apparently. Now watch here. Verse 9, wherefore God hath highly exalted him, Jesus, and has given him a name that is above every name. Now, I've always taught people, so don't be concerned about going to the doctor. Don't be concerned about going to the physician. And don't be concerned because they give you a name that scares things. Right? Because there's just words out there that, that carries sentences to them, sometimes to the place of death. I mean, and they can have a lot of first mention fear. In other words... You may have something that's happened in your family, and you may have had family members that have battled with certain diseases, or he haven't even died with them. And then, if you get diagnosed with such a thing, I'm telling you, the enemy's going to really try to work a, a deal on you and saying, you know, your mother or your grandmother or so and so, they had this or they died from this, and now you have it. And the first thought he's going to put in your mind, and now, now you're going to die. That happens all the time, right? And you didn't have those feelings until they gave you a name. Hmm. Right. You know, if if they said our reports show this, you know, then that caused a uh, a fear to rise up because of. But if it had been something, you know, just off the mind, like crazy, like which I can come up with crazy stuff sometimes, you know, like how many licks did it take to get to the center for Tootsie Pop? One, two, three. Well, that's not going to cause fear, right? Actually, the answer is just one. <laughs> Maybe why well, I'm missing a few teeth back here too anyway. But uh, watch here. So God has given him a name that, because he lowered himself and God exalted him. And he, have gave, he has given Jesus a name that is above every name that the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. That's the devil's kingdom. Every, every knee. So if they give you a name, you got a name that's above it. I don't know much about cards and or poker or whatever, all the stuff like that, you know, but I mean, um, but in other words, you've got something that can trump it. Any name of heaven, of earth, and of beneath the earth, you got a name that's greater than that name. If you don't ask, they'll believe Pam over. They gave her not a good sentence one day, right? It's one of them scary names. Matter of fact, she was in the same service as someone else, and they had pretty much the same diagnosis. The difference is she's here and the other one's in heaven, which is not a bad day. The difference was one followed instructions and the other one wouldn't. I mean, I'm not, you don't know her, so it doesn't really, I, mean, I, I wouldn't say that if you knew her, but Pam, I guess, has to know who she is. She's a wonderful person, she's in heaven. But she wouldn't follow any instructions. None. And when I had to go do part of her funeral, which I didn't want to do because I don't even hardly know her myself, I went to the funeral in downtown, where was it, Burnham? And uh, I went there and they said, uh, are you so-and-so West? I said, yeah. I'm her last place of a church that she'd been to. And they said, you need to sit here with these other men. I said, who are they? They said, Oh, all y'all are her pastors. And there's 14 of us. I said, all these people are her pastors? And, you know, it was a big church downtown Birmingham. It was an all-black church, and I'm the only pale face in the crowd, which I didn't care about that, but I knew I didn't have enough color on. And uh, when you go to a, a white funeral, they always say, you know, Mama wanted this to be a celebration. White folks don't celebrate nothing. That's not a celebration. This was a celebration. This was on borderline uh, nightclub party. Not that they was drinking. I mean, it, it was a uh, matter of fact, they got so, so uh, busy praising the Lord and, and doing the things that they almost knocked a casket over with Rita in it. And if Rita was, if Rita was, uh, well, she wasn't a little girl, I'll just tell you that. It took a special casket. <laughs> That's all I'm trying to say. 
and she had a voice. Well, did Rita have a voice? Y'all know her? Y'all remember Rita? Did Rita have a voice? When Rita would sing, one thing I'd ask her was, please don't bust my speakers. I said, just hold the mic way down here. Because she, didn't need, she did not need She had a stadium voice. And because she was such a great singer, she wanted to, no, that'd be wrong. I don't know her heart. Her actions look this way. She couldn't stick one place because she had to be everywhere to use that voice. And because she had to be everywhere, she was grounded nowhere. And she was planted nowhere. So if you keep taking a flower and keep transplanting it all over the yard, it's not ever going to grow any roots. See what I'm saying? And, and, and you know, if, if you've got a favorite uh, rose bush or whatever it is, you know, and you're just like, well, I think I want it here. And then it starts to bloom. You say, no, I think I want it over there. And you transplant this thing 47 times in one season, and it dies. You say, I don't know what happened to it. Well, I do. I mean, I don't know about flowers. I don't know what happened to it. <laughs> Leave the crazy thing alone for a little while. Let it sit there just a little while, right? So she was, she was everywhere. And uh, so this had nothing to do with anything. And uh, all I had was one story to tell because some, they left me with Rita at her house. She lived in Clear, and they needed help, and everyone had to be gone. And they said, Pastor West, could, could you come pray for her? She's not feeling good today. And uh, I said, yes. So I got there, then her husband and a family member said, we need to run, pick up some stuff from the store. Could you stay here for about 30 minutes, and we'll be right back. And I said, okay. And she was... Uh, in a hospital bed in, in the living room, and I'm on the couch. And all of a sudden, I can't see Rita moving. And all of a sudden, I can't see her stomach or nothing moving. And all of a sudden, I didn't see no signs of life anywhere. And I'm with her all by myself. You know, she ain't been in my church so long. I mean, I don't know, I, you know, I just, I don't know nothing about her, really. So I thought, oh, my gosh, she's died on my watch. <laughs> I mean, in her house. Oh, my gosh, what am I getting myself into? <laughs> and so this was early on in my ministry pretty much. So I started. And now she's just, she's if it had been American Idol, she'd have won it back then. And she said, uh, so I started like, well, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, my God, she's dead. And <laughs> so she had no sign of life to her at all. And I started just uh, kind of humming, singing. <clears throat> well, singing's kind of a broad term for me, but anyway, I was kind of humming, and then I thought, well, I'll just praise the Lord and all that, and use the name of Jesus. So I, so I started breaking out into my singing ministry, and uh, so I'm kind of singing, praising the Lord. I'm like, oh my God, she's dead, and they're gonna come back, and then, you know, I'm, I'm gonna go to jail. I think I killed her or something. Now she was breathing. And so I start this little singing thing, like praising the Lord. You know, I'm hoping something's going to happen here. She'll come back to life. And all of a sudden, well, she wasn't dead, but she had no movement to her. And all of a sudden, she went, ooh. She said, Pastor Webb. She said, who? Stop that. <laughs> <laughs> she said, <laughs> she, she, she said, <laughs> said, she says, stay with the Lord bless you. She said, I'm already fighting death. You're killing me. <laughs> and uh, uh, I was willing to take the insult just to know that she was alive. <laughs> so when Jimmy, your husband, got back, I said, I need to go. I need to go right now. I know I got something I got to do somewhere. <laughs> but they, they were in the same service, her and Pam. Matter of fact, I think one was sitting here and one was sitting there. And they both really had the same thing. And uh, Rita had uh, an amazing, that night, she had an amazing manifestation. The glory came down that service in, <clears throat> in our Clanton church. And she just kind of stood up because, I mean, she was, she couldn't even sit in a seat that night. She was just going to faint and fall out. We had to, if I best I remember, kind of tie her in a chair so she wouldn't fall out. You know, with a couple of belts, we took her belts off and... I know it looked kind of, but we didn't want her to fall down and say, well, how did she die? Well, in our church service, you know. So we had to keep a way to keep her in the seat. And the glory came in in that service. You remember? Is that right, Pam? And she stood up in this loud voice, began to praise the Lord. And, this, and the word and the Lord, word of the Lord came and gave her instructions what to do. And uh, what to do from this point. And she would progress and better and better and better. And she never came back. Someone talked to her and 
talked her into going to some type of herb farm somewhere in Tennessee, you know, that changed some chemicals in your body and you could be healed from natural herbs. I was thinking, I mean, just like last week, we prayed for you, and that's the first time you stood on your own two feet and with a loud voice praised the Lord. The glory actually come down in the service. I mean, it was like 45 minutes, and we just prayed, and the glory just in the service. And she, all the strength came in her body, and she stood up and said, praise the Lord, you know, with this big voice. And then she went from there to an herb farm. I'm gonna write a book one day. <laughs> I don't know. I gotta limit the pages way below a thousand somehow. But so anyway, let's wind this thing up. And uh, that the name of Jesus, every disease shall bow. Every name of every disease shall bow. It's not just because is it we use the name right? Can, can you see how you could just use the name, right? I mean. Clark Kent, I mean, this is kind of like an illustration, you understand? He was supposed to be Superman, right? But he couldn't just go in and say Superman. Clark Kent had to know something. There had to be something there to, that could transfer to something else to turn to something else, right? So you, you, you can't just pull it out and say, well, in Jesus' name, and then, and then stand back and see if something happens to it. it, it it's not that way. It's not like praying, uh, spraying the bug, you know, wasp and say, and see, if, yeah, yeah, well, that's what's yeah, that's good. That's not how it works. We have to know what's in the name, what's been invested in the name, the authority that's in the name, who we are in him, what he is in us, what he's given us, the authority that's in that name, and we've got to know the devil's under your feet. Yeah. And when he knows that you know that, he knows his place. Because every time Jesus came about and the disciples came about and they knew who they were, devils were looking to get out of town. They asked Jesus many times, have you, already come, have you come to cast this before, out before it's time? You know? Remember the demons that went into the pigs? They asked Jesus, they said, you're not supposed to be here yet. Have you come to cast this out before it's time? He said, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Right? So, yes, we have authority in that name. Above every name. And that's what, kind of what I'm cranked about. Stirred up. Off the chain, up in the grill. Huh? I'm crunked. Is that, is that up to date? <laughs> well, you work with kids, so you, you, you know, yes, I, I'm, I'm dependent on you, my friend. <laughs> well, I got access to them now. <laughs> huh? Bust in the sack. Bust in the sack. So this kind of means I probably won't be a youth minister. <laughs> they don't know what Shazam means. <laughs> hey, uh, they uh, remember Joe Morrissey. Uh, we ain't had Joe in a couple, three years. Joe's. Uh, Joe's wild, and he's a little bit older than me. And he was in the church service, and these these kids. And Joe was as cool as the day is long. But he was in the church service, and these youth didn't want to be there. And he, and he says they were really interrupting my service. I could hear him talking. And he said they're paying no attention to me. He says so. I walked back there. I said you get on to him. He says oh no, I didn't. No. He said I walked back there. And he says and I looked, and one of them had a uh, his finger. His index finger was cut right there at the knuckle, accident or something. And he said, hey, buddy, he said, you get anything out of service tonight? And they're like, <clears throat> he said, hey, what happened to your finger right there? He said, oh, accident. He said, uh, won't you let God give you a new one? And the boy's like, huh? <laughs> he said, won't you let God give you a new finger? And he looked at him real strange. And uh, Joe said, come here. So he came to him and he reached and got his hands in Jesus' name. And when he did, his finger grew all the way out. And within a few seconds later, it grew a fingernail on it. And he said, uh, the meeting was on. And he says, and guess who it was on with? The youth. 
And he said, and guess who was in the service the next night? Every youth in the school was in there. See, a, a miracle like the gate beautiful. So he could have just got on to him, but what he did is he just went ahead and got the miracle of Jesus' name. So just, just want to stir you up with that. And just kind of watch your language sometimes, because we do it. We all slip sometimes. You know, we just like, oh, man, oh, oh Lord, oh, God, oh, just, oh Jesus, you know. And it's, it's just, it belittles the name. Uh, when you read Revelations, you'll, you'll find there's a chapter, what is it? One, three, five, somewhere in there. And uh, uh, it's before the book of Maps, I know that. That only one person is worthy to open the seals, and it's going to be Jesus. And when he walks in, everyone's going to be breathless. And they're going to see him open them seals. And the one who saved us out of every nation, out of every kindred, out of every culture, and it's going to be this man, his name Jesus, and every knee will bow and worship him. So I'm just telling you, you, you use that name with authority, and you use it with power, and you use it with boldness, and you know who you are in him. Amen.